It's post-lunch, full belly, and uh, it's Thursday, so not far to the weekend. Uncaged Wisdom, Cheetah Digital's podcast for modern marketing. Andy Gladwin, Head of Mobile Go-To-Market at Cheetah Digital. Thank you for joining just me today. How are you? I am good, Julian. Great to be here. How are you? Always living the dream. We are talking all things mobile today. How do you set up your role at Cheetah Digital and the importance that mobile plays? So my role really is is to go and understand what's going on in the market in terms of uh, some of the major themes that mobile can offer. Um, And then really trying to relay that in in how we present that and package it for our customers to try and drive value for their business. Um, And mobile for us at Cheetah is SMS, MMS, Push, Line in Japan, uh, and mobile wallets. So um, really looking across all those channels to look at best practice and uh, and ways in which our customers can best benefit from engaging with theirs. When you're going to your clients, our clients or prospects, how often is mobile on their mind? So, yeah, the, it really varies by, by company and geography as well. So um, if we look at North America, I would say that right now there has been a huge emphasis over the last five years on SMS. And that probably was there before in Europe and APAC, which I'd say is more advanced in terms of their adoption outside of promotional messaging for notification traffic and others. I think that kind of globally at the same time, um, apps and, and push notifications and in-app engagement has grown uniformly uh, across different regions. And then there are some products like Line, which is, is much more um, regional in its nature. So where there's an adoption of people using a social channel like Line, which is a Japanese version of, um, of a WhatsApp or a Facebook or a Viber, so their social messaging app, um, that we see yeah, obviously advanced there and very few people using outside of the territories where there's adoption. Um, the, the other one I'd say is, is really mobile wallet, which is changed more recently, obviously with the, the climate we're in right now, um, whereby it provides a contactless environment. And when people are, are much more cognizant of, of hygiene in a post-pandemic, current pandemic world, um, I, I think that that's only going to continue. And so yeah, as an alternative to an app, it's a great place for people to be having a window to value and being able to redeem things uh, through that environment globally. When you go into the room, what's the first question? I'd say that when I started my career, it's, you know, why mobile? And now it's very much a, a how. You know, they understand the value, but how can they actually make a success of it and how can they drive value from it? So there are different levels of maturity, um, but certainly there's there's a uniform ambition in terms of trying to uh, find out how they can bring this into their uh, overall digital marketing strategies. What was your first mobile device? Uh, Nokia 3210. It was incredible for Snake. And that came after I had a pager, which was at the time, I thought one of the coolest things in the world. In hindsight, unless you're a doctor, it's really doesn't carry. I don't know why that's not become retro and something that people have again. But um, yeah. Nokia, man, you got to stay relevant, haven't you? Single charger that would work wherever you went. Everyone had a Nokia and batteries would last for days. The, the glory days of mobile in terms of uh, it being functional rather than, than an extension of your life and capabilities. Hello! Yeah!
to your point you made it a minute ago both individuals and brands and companies they're all very familiar with the importance of having a a, a mobile and sms and not- push notification driven strategy but why why again should people be bothering with sms which feels like something that's not quite the brick phone but certainly from the the, the late 90s early noughties of technology why of all the things of the shiny objects we have why do we should, is this such an important avenue to go down so i think that when you look at, at mobile it's literally it's an extension of of oneself it's always there with people they're always on and with that we can talk about it maybe later around how that reason can be quite invasive as it's such a personal device that is literally monitoring your health that you are interacting with your voice on and then you know you're running your agenda your work your social all through this device that's always at arm's length away um but going to that there, there are so many different exciting emerging channels that are coming through and ways in which it's being used and you ask a good question yeah SMS, it was developed, I think, first message in 1992, December the 3rd. So coming up for its 30th birthday party, hopefully I'll be invited to some nerdy party somewhere on that day. If not, I'll host and ensure I get an invite. Um, but but why, why is it still going? What, what's, what's the value in it? And the value for me is the engagement. When you look at the mobile ownership in the majority of companies that at least our clients work in, and globally for that matter, it's very high when you compare it to other penetration rates of, of different channels. And so North America, UK, Australia, it's all above 100% mobile ownership. And SMS is native. You don't need to have a smartphone. You don't need to have 4G. You don't need to have Wi-Fi. You don't need to download an app for it to work. It just operates on any handset. And so that gives you ubiquity in terms of an addressable audience. But then once you have that, one of the, the next differentiators is the highest certainty of something being read in a short period of time comes with SMS. 90% of messages are read in 90 seconds. So with that, you can be incredibly forensic in terms of when you send messages to ensure that they arrive at the times of relevance and context. Um, And when they do, then there's a 19% click-through rate or up to 19%. For some some use cases, it's around 7 to 9% for, for links, but it's up to 19% where um personalized and promoted well and then where there's a call to action for a response it's around 45 percent. so you're an organization you're saying i want to send a message out whereby i can get to all of my customers do that with a high level of confidence in a short period of time and have a technology that is familiar for a 14 year old as it is for an 85 year old i think that that there's little in terms of other alternatives that can provide the same value in that space if you're a marketer who maybe predominantly resides in email, you might be thinking to yourself, well, I invest a lot of money in my email program and it's working for me. And I know SMS isn't free. I know not only the cost of creating and sending and actually keep running a program, is it worth the investment? It's absolutely complimentary. And you, know, you think about customers, they may have preferences saying they only want to be communicated to through email or SMS or push, whatever their the channel of preference might be. But they might also decide that you know, if they have, let's look at banking, I wanna have um, updates in my terms and conditions sent to me by email, cause I wanna read through that, there's a lot of information. That's probably gonna be the, the right form and it's something that you know, isn't time pressing. But if I have a two-factor authentication code, or if I have a fraud alert, 
Um, I damn sure want to have that sent to me as quickly as possible to mitigate risk or to have you know, a frictionless experience in, in getting access to my account. So that's examples where it's not displacing other channels, it's different use cases, it's different, um, uh, different um, audiences will have different preferences and you know, they can be used to, to complement one another. You could have people texting in their email address in an environment whereby they're enrolling to email by texting a short code when they're in a different environment. So the two work side by side, and I say the two work side by side, we'll, we'll talk a bit about data later on maybe, but the way in which, which customers operate, they don't engage with channels, they engage with the brand. And so when you're looking at, should we do email or SMS, don't alienate your customer by saying we only operate down one of these channels. You know, they may have habitual and preferred channels which reside in, in different environments. And you know, ultimately it's trying to find out what use cases and where you offer those to cover cost versus you know, covering all bases. Um, but there are certainly some use cases which really stand out and have a proven ROI where SMS, yes, is more expensive per message but in terms of the return, it's much more fruitful to organizations when executing those. You used to call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. And I know when that hotline blink. That can only mean one thing. I know when that hotline blink. And I guess let's let's go through some sort of more practical thinking and, and building some initial thoughts on strategy and some other areas of consideration around building a program like this. So let's start with acquisition. How do I get people to exchange some information and most importantly, their number with me? So good, good question. And the, the most horrible answer I give, but it's my most common answer, is it all starts with actually providing value. And so if there's something that isn't compelling for the customer to be opting into, it's not around how, how can we get their consent for something that we can send the messages when the gateway to give their consent and opt in isn't sufficiently appealing for them to choose to do so. So the first thing resides with with the brands themselves and working out what is it that you're offering? Is it additional convenience? Are you going to help them in terms of how they engage with you to make it uh, a better and friction-free environment? Is it something where you're providing value? This is gonna give you exclusive content. It's going to give you promotions where you might get a discount. Um, so understanding what is that value and making it explicit is, is part one. Part two of the value is then going, I'm already potentially on the email um, uh, distribution list. What's the benefit of being on SMS and email? Is this just more noise? So it's something careful to work out. Are you trying to, um, what, what is the reason for a customer to, to opt in to different channels? And it may be that they say, well, they opted in through email because they saw that first, but actually SMS worked better for them because they want to have it on the fly, easy access in their pocket. Um, but then working out if you want them to be on, on both channels for whatever purpose it, may, it might be, 
is it, you know, for 10% off, you get email for an additional 5% off enrolled in our, our uh, SMS program as well. And so there's an actual additional benefit to being part of, of multiple channels. Um, so some tactics there in terms of how it can work on you know, a crude promotional basis. Um, but when, when looking at it, I, th I think that mobile has, again, a great place whereby if you're looking for people to, to join a campaign, that they've said, yes, they want value. Yes, you believe that what you're offering is something that's going to be compelling to them. So how do you get them to join? The reason, sorry, the, the way in which you're going to get them to join is by reaching out to them when they are a captive audience, when it's front of mind. So what does that actually mean? Let's take a quick serve restaurant as an example. When are they thinking about you know, joining a program to get a discount, to join a loyalty scheme? You know, one, one of the moments that they're actually thinking about that restaurant is going to be when they are queuing. So have a short code to text into as they're queuing. It's going to be when they are going in the drive-through and they're waiting. Give them the opportunity to enroll whilst waiting so it's not lost time, but they're gaining value while sat there. Are they eating in the car park? And if so, make, make a, a, the ability for them to have exposure to that value in the window of, of the restaurant where they can text in from there. Now, this is something from digital uh, position that you, um, you want to have on your website, at the bottom of your emails. Now, is this going to be on, on your receipts? It's understanding where are people thinking about you as a brand and how can you make sure that there is a gateway for them to access that value in these moments of time to actually inspire the, their ability to move through that gateway. So for me, it's understanding where are those moments of inspiration? Going back to quick serve restaurants, what item do you think is most effective for brands to be putting a gateway on, a QR code or a short code for people to text into? If you have a sit-down restaurant on the menu itself, but for environments where people are taking packaging uh, away from the premise on the drink, every time the drink, the drink is what is the last thing that, uh, that stays with you, that you go and get your lunch, you take the drink back with you in the car, you put it on your desk when you get back home or in the office. Others might see it and go, ah, oh, I fancy, you know, whatever off the back of it. Can I also join that, that program? Um, but that is your, your best moving opportunity of a gateway that others could be influenced by going forward. You mentioned restaurants there, but is there anything you like, that's a, that's a home run there? I can't believe no one's done this yet in this industry. I'm just, um, just curious about your, your other industry opinions, really. So I think that there are five use cases that SMS delivers that you know, really stand out from an ROI perspective. So just going on, on in terms of value, for an organization where they're thinking about we're getting started here we have numbers we have consent but you know where should we actually operationally use it as well as from a promotional perspective so from a promotion perspective um there's going to be some variety depending on the order of good that you're promoting um and obviously you know, how that's served in terms of the time of day and the personalization and you know, the audience that it's going to but you would generally expect a, a two to eight percent conversion on promotions with SMS. But if you look at delivery notifications, so during you know, the recent period with huge home deliveries while the world's been locked down, um, yeah, SMS has grown 20% year on year organically. That's uh, mobile squared research. Um, 
And part of that reason is just you know, everything's going digital, but SMS has been central to deliveries. And so with that, the chances of a missed delivery are reduced by 15 to 35% when using SMS as part of that. And so you know, we, we, we talk about that for retail as absolutely essential because the cost of a missed delivery to organize it again and come back and you know, customers don't order things because they're you know, chancing whether they'll be in or not. They order them because they want them. And so it's better for customer satisfaction as well as operational savings there. Appointment reminders, again, massive. So whether that's getting your um, haircut or for a lunch reservation, it can reduce by 10 to 30% by sending out SMS reminders there. And then finally, um, customer service, which the traditional figures are 10 to 20% ROI you see for SMS. Uh, Sorry, ROI um, in terms of of reducing cost to uh, customer contacts. And so it reduces the number of inbound calls. Uh, by 10 to 20 percent when using sms and what what would what would an example of that be let's take the airline industry um there has been over uh, a storm over dallas fort worth and you are going to the airport there all flights are cancelled what do you do next and let's say that you're you know in a connecting flight you get this message and you're in san francisco that's where you know most people will be calling up whoever the the airline company is and trying to find out what they do from there, but providing the ability to self-serve, to provide information, um, can have substantial amounts of, of, of savings to organizations and utilities as well. Text in your gas meter reading, rather than having someone come to your house to go and check it. The, the savings at operational cost for organizations would be massive. When you look at, at COVID, one of the biggest use cases has been providing uh, clarity in periods of complete ambiguity and, and comfort as much as clarity. So people who may be vulnerable, people who just may be very conscious of of the risks and saying, I'm going to go to my local supermarket. And the supermarkets, we have an example of this with a large supermarket client in France, sent out a message to all of their customers saying, here are the latest rules and regulations. When you come into our our supermarket, masks will be required. There'll be uh, sanitizers on entry. Um, but just making it a much more of an informed journey for people who could be in a position of concern and where clarity isn't provided, you know, potentially choose a, a home delivery where they have a, an alternate supply had a better slot for them rather than having the comfort to go to their fami- a more familiar brand because they've been served well. And that, and that ends up being a differentiator by better catering and informing customers just from how you interact with them versus competitors. Because the mail never stops. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. There's never a let up, it's relentless. Every day it piles up more and more and more and you've got to get it up and the more you get out, the more it keeps coming in. And then the barcode reader breaks and it's publishes clearing house day. All right, all right, all right. How does the mobile data work with the other channels? So I think it's, um, it's really important to try and break down silos. Sorry to go down a very um, well-trodden track in terms of of verse here, but genuinely, as I said before, customers have a a single relationship with a brand. And what do I mean by that? I mean that when they, they expect to be understood and they expect that brands listen and observe what they have done in one environment and continue to serve them in any other environment from the same brand. And so continuity is of incredible importance 
in terms of, of an impact to a customer. Um, with, with the data itself, uh, you, you collect the data from all the different digital touch points that you have. And with those, you, you're going to be able to provide a much more uh, contextual and relevant message that in theory should have more impact and more value when you're assessing where is the customer right now in terms of their attitude, in terms of their whatever criteria, whether it's buying, whether it's traveling, whether it's uh, getting home in a taxi, what, what are they doing right now? What's the latest information we have in which we can understand how do we best engage with them? What's the right time to engage and over what channel? Now, part of that decisioning is gonna be based on you know, what are the last activities we saw with mobile and information that we received there and did they receive a message that we sent or oh we sent a fraud alert but we didn't get the the handset delivery com uh, confirmation and so having not had that over what a duration let's now try another channel so receiving information like that from you know, quite a, a critical perspective and understanding how do you process that to ensure you're continuing to deliver the best service to a customer in, in a moment of, of um, anxiety um, but then you look at the, the other data that mobile can provide itself. So when we look at apps, they're very unique in terms of being able to offer uh, location data. You can see recency and frequency. And um, with this, you start to be able to understand, should we be engaging with a customer who keeps on coming back to our, our app with great frequency, going to the same areas and promote? You know, are they constantly looking at summer holidays rather than winter holidays? How do we now send our, our promotions around it to make sure that we aren't uh, ignoring where they're showing that they're waiting and preference, but in providing them with the right service level in the right direction? But let's cater for them with potential loyalty programs where they keep on coming back. But for those where we haven't seen them in a while, is there a risk of churn? And churn is fine. If there is a customer who doesn't want to be with you, then use it as a learning opportunity and try and gain feedback. But if it's a customer who's having difficulty using that channel, maybe it's a, a way to find out that starts to cater for them down a different channel, which is better for them in terms of uh, preference. Um, and, and also let's highlight the value in case they are you know, struggling to get access to the value or understanding what the value is, make sure that it's explicit to them. But the way in which all of this works is, you know, customers have a single relationship with brands and the Nirvana state is one to be able to have total and present understanding of a customer before making any engagement decisions based on their content, channel, timing, etc., in order to have the most impactful contextual messages that, in theory, um, should be driving much greater value and with that, a much happier customer. With all the cues you're picking up from the mobile activities you just, just described there, um, they can be action and utilize in other parts of your business so they could inform the next offer you give in in an email um, or how you next personalize your message if you've got the right cues i know that's one of the things we've been trying to communicate to people have you found that people are starting to resonate with that as a, as a concept journeys have been there for a while in terms of uh, let's look at next best action let's look at how we go from moment to moment and I think that, you know, it certainly resonates. It's understanding how to put this into practice of which, uh, not to give too heavy a plug to ourselves, but we're very well positioned with the data platform that we have to connect the dots and do that at huge scale in a very complex environment. But 
this is something that I think that um, many organizations increasingly are looking at, not just personalization, but being able to look at uh, propensity models. What, what's the likelihood of events happening? And to do that in an environment that is not spooky and not, um, uh, not in a way that feels like we're tracking every movement, but trying to use you know, the zero party data that we gather and then apply that to, to behaviors observed, um, where it's a direct relationship rather than connecting dots with here's an algorithm and therefore you, know, you bought trainers uh, in summer, therefore you're definitely gonna be buying skis in winter. You can't connect the dots like that. So I, I think it's very important that you know, the organizations who understand that, which I think the, the, um, the understanding is there, the ability to execute it's incredibly complex and, and that's what you know, makes companies like Cheetah Digital exist because we remove the complexity to give them access to value through, through some of these data models that help customers get access to that value where there's a lot of algorithms and data that sits behind those decisioning to make sure that you are serving them rather than uh, following them. Cut a lot of ground today, and we've got a, one last brilliant section to to round out on, which is what is a starting point? How do you uh, um, allow them to feel like these things are achievable? What's the first couple of things they got to get in place? I think that there's the initial bit, which is it's always the the horrible moment in any presentation I give to clients where you just show. Here's all the regulations, here are the associated um, risks, fines, and what this could do to you uh, legally, financially, and brand-wise. Um, but then with that, this is what we do. This is what we offer in terms of our consultation. This is what we have practice success at globally. Uh, and that's understanding regulations, working with local partners, and ensuring that you know, not only are we um, compliant in everything that we do? But we're also offering best practice so that it's, it's the best customer experience. And, and for us, part of that journey to really formalize what we'd already been doing was, was joining the Mobile Ecosystem Forum recently, um, where we've signed a code of conduct uh, adhering to their trusted enterprise uh, messaging. And, and that's exactly what this is. It, it is really giving our, our word um, to a code of conduct that explicitly means that we're there to not only follow regulations, but to try and follow best practice that with brands should uh, remove risk, whereby they can look at delivering value and not worrying as much around how do they ensure that they're the right side of, of local regulations. And when we talk about regulation, yeah, there are legal requirements, um, but there's also that of, of the carriers where you're not breaking the law, 
but a mobile operator can say this isn't you know, delivering value or it's it's um, going to be unsolicited for our, our customer to be receiving these messages and therefore we're blocking your short code from being able to send to anyone on that network. So this is the risk we remove. So it's a bit of a, a rabbit in the headlights. Here's everything we're worried about going into potentially uncharted terrain, whether that's a new channel or a new territory where everything is quite nuanced by country, at least on the SMS side. And then to, to let them know that you know, we've got this. We, we have great practice in succeeding with clients in different verticals and different geographies to allow them to focus on, on content and value and for us to focus on the deliverability and the sustainability of it. A brand and the person making the decision, they understand that the reason Cheetah Digital was in the room is because the technological side behind it is sorted. That's a big tick. And the willing from their side is often there, so that's a big tick. And of course, because they produce lots of different other campaigns, they know that they can produce the equivalent in, a, in an SMS campaign. The, the biggest hurdle in many ways is just understanding and being okay with all of the, the fine print legalese in the middle to make it actually happen, which is no small feat. Spot on. And when we talk about best practice, um, there's best practice and then there's on top of which, you know, what's going to get your best results. And so when we're talking about some of the use cases earlier, we, we like to look at things like, yeah, how should you personalize to not over-personalize and make it very um, very detailed and potentially distance yourself from showing all the information you have on a customer, um, but looking at you know, what's the right level of information you share. Yeah, a text has just 160 characters. Using MMS, we see about three times the amount of engagement. So whether use case uh, justifies it, we, we recommend that in the territories where MMS is prevalent. Um, one, one of the other is that going back to personalization again, that we talked about the click-through rate of, of SMS being in the region of, of up to 19% for, um, for a URL. And with that, it's a great medium to get feedback and you know, something that, that goes to a bigger theme, but customers aren't static in their relationship with brands. And so you need to be spot checking. You need to be finding out how are you doing? What else can we be doing to cater for you? you know, from your, you know, the last round of experiences that we've given you and interactions, how should we be pivoting? What do you want to hear more of, less of? How do we better segment you and serve you? And so that's something where I really encourage most of our clients to, um, where they're using promotional messaging rather than notifications, to continue to learn and understand more about their customers to, to make sure that you know, they extend their lifetime value and continue to deliver value rather than place them at risk of churn. But the, the other item, and I can go at length about you know, different regions, different times of day as to when messages are sent and based on different use cases. I think um, going back to restaurants, I've just had lunch. I don't know why I'm talking about food so much today. But yeah, it's, usually it's to follow the eyes and the ears and the thumbs when we talk about mobile in terms of, of where you present yourself. But uh, with restaurants, there's also you know, follow the stomach as well. When are this, when's the stomach rumbling? And when are you making decisions about what you're going to do with the family and where you're going for a meal on the weekend, where you're going to take a business client out for lunch. Um, all these things go into you know, the logic as to what is the send time optimization to be sending messages where you have such a high certainty it's going to be open soon after delivery, you know, 90% to 90 seconds to reiterate. Um, but making it engaging, we talked about MMS and how that has you know, three times the engagement, really 
most prominently used in the US. Many other countries don't support it as well with the local carriers. Um, but, but trying to make things interactive and engaging, it's a fun thing that we're doing at Cheetah right now where we're leveraging the haptics in, in a mobile phone. So when you receive a message, we'll send through a link. And in that link, rather than just redeeming, here's your code, we might put it behind, yeah, let's say it's a holiday promotion, rub off the sand to, to reveal your summer holiday deal, or rub off the snow from ski goggles to give a winter holiday. Um, you know, trying to use rubber screens, swipe left and right to show your preferences, spin the wheel, all of this, you know, it's, it's a great environment to say, how can you differentiate and make it a little bit more interactive and engaging? And in theory with that, you should increase conversion and drop churn from, from um, these, uh, these programs. So I, I can ramble on about uh, many different ways in which you could go down different use cases, different verticals and uh, addressing customers a different part of the, of the life cycle. But it's something that uh, we're passionate about and, um, and we really enjoy as a company. One thing I'm pretty curious about is we've talked a lot about mobile usage and apps. A man of your vast experience in this space, what's your favorite app? Not in terms of the app I use the most, but in terms of one that gives me the greatest value and exposure to people's generosity and also the expense of what I'm about to do next is an app called Vivino. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it is incredible. V-I-V-I-N-O, Vivino. And with that, you scan any bottle of wine. And with that scanning, you can see the price of the wine. And so I'm not a wine connoisseur, but I certainly know that if I'm looking for a midweek slugger, I will not be going and opening a bottle over a certain value. But likewise, if I'm going around to give a friend a present, then I need to ensure that it's not a three pound bottle of wine, but maybe something a little bit more generous. So it's a good way to, uh, to understand what you can and can't drink, depending on how special the day is, and also get exposure to how generous your friends are when they bring a bottle of wine round. Oh, God, I had a skinful last night. I was out with Finchy, Chris Finch. I had us in a pub crawl. Elvino did flow. It's a bloated, bladdered, blottoed. Oh, don't ever come out with me and Finchy. No, I won't. Excellent. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Um, thank you very much, Julian. Really appreciate it and look forward to being back soon. Mm-hmm.